is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. What better way to remain top of the league than a 98th minute winner. Whipped in straight underneath it. It's headed into the net. And Pompey have stolen it right at the net. And Connor Shaughnessy celebrates in front of the Bratton end. What a moment for him. What a moment for Pompey. Four to two and to one. For the fifth time this season, Portsmouth recover from going behind to secure victory in the league. Connor Shocknessy finally gets his first goal in blue, popping up right up a death in midweek to complete Pompey's comeback from 1-0 down to claim a 2-1 win over Wickham Wanderers. Later on, we'll hear from Tuesday's match winner. The Blues defender talks us through his feelings after bagging his first goal for the club. Didn't know what to do, just pure passion and yeah, unbelievable feeling and I think there's nothing like it. As well as that and our own assessment of the game at Fratton Park, we will also be taking a look ahead to the next match. Port Vale make the trip down to the south coast this weekend and head coach John Bassino has been speaking about the upcoming challenge. Even though a couple of results have dropped off recently, they are a very, very different team to what we saw last year. They've recruited really well, they've got an excellent structure, difficult to play against and um, you know they play some good football as well so we have got a tough test. And as always, Blues fans, we want to hear from you. Who replaces the suspended Regan Paul in defence for this weekend's game? Likewise with Alex Robertson, he's out too. So who would you like to see partner Joe Morrell in midfield? And would you be keen to see Christian Sadie start tomorrow's game at PO4? Text Express your name and message to 81400. Send an email to sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter or head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Reaction from Tuesday's win for latest Blues news and to look ahead to tomorrow's clash with Port Vale. That's all to come on tonight's edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Well, a very warm welcome to 93.7 Express FM and this Friday night instalment of the Football Hour, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. We have a lot to get through on tonight's helping of the show, which has you covered right the way up until 7 o'clock this evening, following us after 7 with a fantastic all-new Friday night lineup here on Express. Kickstart your weekend with the revival of a classic local radio show. Though brand new to Express FM, Steve Randall brings back the old Ocean FM show School Days from 7 through till 9 o'clock tonight. And that's followed by Hip Shaker with Simon Licarinos. The place to be for a groovy blend of retro soul, R&B and beat from 9 through until 11. Returning to its Friday night slot after a while occupying Sunday evenings instead. 
However, plenty to cover before we get anywhere close to any of that later this evening. So let's commence this episode with a revisit of Tuesday night's floodlit action at Fratton Park. Andy Moon returned to the hot seat to provide commentary of Portsmouth's League One meeting with Wickham Wanderers and was joined alongside former blue striker Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Ninety minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored. This is you wouldn't believe it. Pompey live, and we are underway at Fratton Park, and the noise levels rising. Right hand goes up from Leahy, and it comes towards the near post. It's a good delivery. It's gone in the net. Leahy's claiming he scored direct from the corner, and no one's really disputing it. Or is McCleary saying I got a touch on it? From a Wickham point of view, they're not going to be bothered who it's come off. Portsmouth have gone behind. Portsmouth nil, Wickham one. And that brings to an end a first 45 minutes, which started very brightly for Portsmouth, but have ended in slightly frustrating fashion because they find themselves a goal behind against Wickham Wanderers. Good strength from Sadie to the right wing. Lane, copy on the attack, just outside the penalty area. Lane across the face of goal! Chance to cross it to the far post. Oh, Sadie almost got there ahead of the goalkeeper, the loose ball. It sat there for what felt like forever in the penalty yeah. area, and Wickham cleared 1 1. Sparks couldn't get the delivery right one of these earlier. He's been left to it. Robertson's come short. Robertson in the box to the dead ball line. It's loose in the penalty area, and it's well saved by Strier. Can probably get this corner kick right. This is the corner. I make it number 14 of the game. Robertson's been told to get back. And it comes deep towards the far post, Bishop at the far post with a header, he's put it over and he'll be kicking himself with that one, not an easy chance. Sparks to deliver, whipped in, Strick underneath it, it's headed into the net! And Pompey have stolen it right at the net! What a shot to see! The appeal for a foul are falling on deaf ears! And Connor Shock is being celebrated in front of the Bratton end! What a moment for him! What a moment for Pompey! Porter 2 with the 1! Whistles around Bratton Park, all those people stood by the exits waiting to go, they don't want to go, they can go now, because Portsmouth have won, they've beaten Wickham Wanderers by two goals to one, they have come from behind to win for the fifth time this season, the ninth time they've come from behind to get something. Every second of the action is right here, Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, another win for the Blues in midweek, securing a 2-1 victory over Wickham Wanderers at Fratton Park. Elsewhere in League One from midweek, then a full lineup of fixtures in the third division saw Blackpool defeated by three goals to one at home to Derby County. Bolton Wanderers were 3-2 winners over Stevenage at the Tough Sheet Community, Community Stadium. Bristol Rovers 3, tomorrow's opponents Port Vale 0. Burton Albion were 2-1 winners over Wigan Athletic. Cambridge United defeated heavily by four goals to nil at home to Barnsley. It finished Carlisle United 1, Peterborough United 1, Charlton 4, Exeter City 1, Cheltenham Town still without 
a league goal this season, defeated by two goals to nil at home to Fleetwood. Northampton Town 3, Reading 1 and Oxford United 3, Shrewsbury Town 0. So Pompey remained top of Skybet League 1 after 11 matches, 7 wins, 4 draws, 0 defeats, 19 goals scored and only eight conceded. A goal difference of plus 11 with 25 points on the board. Oxford United close behind in second with 24 points and with a game in hand. In the playoff places, Bolton, Barnsley, Stevenage and Peterborough United down at the bottom. Cheltenham Town, we mentioned there, without a goal this season. They've only got one point in their opening 11 matches of the campaign. That was, of course, against Pompey back in August. They are rooted to the foot of the League One table. Joined alongside Wigan Athletic, Reading and Fleetwood Town in the relegation places. Tomorrow's opponents, Port Vale, who we'll come on to talk about later, uh, are in eighth position after failing to win any of their previous four league matches. OK, then. Well, let's introduce our two guests for this evening's conversation. First of all, a very warm welcome to Mr. Sam Macy. Sam, thanks for calling in tonight. No worries, mate. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Sam, of course, our focus starts with Tuesday's win over Wickham. You were there. What a way to do it. Yeah, it was it was a brilliant result, wasn't it? Um, sort of took my dad for the first time this season. It was uh, couldn't end in a better way. I sort of uh, we were sort of leaving Fratton Park at the end, and it was like, what's happening? Like this never happens to Bobby. A 90th minute <laughs> winner. We're normally on the other end of it. Um, no, it's, it, it was it was really good. It's sort of, it's really nice to sort of go to Fratton Park and have that that buzz and that feeling again. Mm-hmm. So sort of, this this I say I don't want to get ahead of myself too soon, but it, it some something's going on down there and it's it, it's really really exciting. So sort of being amongst it and, and and sort of see the crowd that's that's one of the best atmospheres I've seen in a, in a fair while mm-hmm. at the Fratton Park and. Long may continue. Long may continue indeed. And alongside myself and Sam, we have also dialing in Josh Sweetman. Josh, welcome back, my friend. Always a pleasure, Jake. Josh, it was another comeback in midweek for the Blues. Went a goal down in the first half, recovered it back in the second. That's now nine times from only 11 league games this season. They've recovered a result from a losing position. Five of those times, as we mentioned in the intro, they've managed to turn that deficit into a victory. Josh, what do you learn more in regards to that kind of statistic about this Pompey side? It's mad, isn't it? When, especially when you think under sort of Cowley and Jacket. I think there was a stat I read from Andrew Moon where it, it hadn't happened for almost two years or something like that. It, it sounds right. There's something definitely different about this Pompey team. I think it's the way that under previous managers, we've sort of always been a counter-attacking, counter-attacking team or, or we haven't controlled games. Whereas this season... I've never, ever felt uncomfortable, whether we're drawing, whether we're 1-0 down. I've always felt that we're the better team with the ball, which is something I've not said for years with Pompey. And you always feel that there's something there. We did struggle to break down teams at the start of the season, and that might continue going forward against teams that are sitting against us. But it's nice to see a Pompey team that actually dictate the tempo of play. Yeah. And that is the difference, isn't it, this season, Sam? We've been speaking about it on the Football Hour over the you know the course of the past couple of weeks. When you come up against a team like Wickham Wanderers, we all know how, how much of a difficult side they are to play against, whether you call it time-wasting, whether you call it game management, whatever. Um, previous seasons, that might end up in just a one-all draw or Pompey defeated. This time around, the fight and the spirit and the character within this side, three things, again, we've been factoring in for, for the last few weeks within this this team was there yet again to actually say, no, we're going to fight until the very end and get that victory, which, as Josh has alluded to, is something we haven't seen for quite a while. Yeah, that's it. I think in previous seasons, you sort of, we go 1-0 down. The, the ball almost went went in in slow motion. It was like, how how, how the hell has this, this happened? Um, but yeah, I think 
you sort of look at look at that and it's like right, it's a bit of a setback, but it's it's a when we're going to score, not not if we're going to score. And I say, like Josh said, it's, it it hasn't happened a lot under, under the previous regimes, like under Cowley, under Jacket. It just sort of was like we go one nil down, the heads drop, especially against the side like Wickham. I think mm-hmm. obviously under Gareth Ainsworth, it, it, it's a slightly different team, and it almost seems they're trying to get back away from back away from the the blueprint which he sort of laid out. But I think if you look at it, they still got that big man up top in Sam Vokes, um, and then players playing off him, and they. I think looking at it, they didn't really have any chances. Off the top of my head, I can't I can't think of any apart from possibly that Gareth McCleary shot in the first half, which which mm. just went past the post. But yeah, we, we looked we looked really good and, and assured defensively. Um, dictated the ball well and, and sort of it came in waves in the second half. It, we, it was sort of just waves of pressure, and then they take the sting out of the game for five minutes, and then some someone would do something. Sort of Abu Kamara would beat his man, or or Colby Bishop would spray the ball out and get a ball in the box, and it it, it, was, it was just good to see. Um, and yeah, it's just nice knowing that we we've got that character and that mentality to come come from a goal down. And at this point, the players almost believe that they're not going to lose any games, regardless of how many goals the opposition score. Yeah, looking at the stats from the game, then Pompey with sixty seven percent of possession, meaning uh, Wickham of course had thirty three percent. Ten shots uh, to seven in favour of the Blues, three of which on target. Wickham had one. Uh, Fourteen corners uh, Pompey had on Tuesday night. Wickham had two. Um, but Wickham did concede 13 fouls to Pompey's eight. Uh, g- going through really in chronological order, of course, Josh, we, we start off with that opening goal on the 22nd minute. Wickham took the lead. Um, really unsure as to what exactly happened from Gareth McCleary's corner. Um, he celebrated as if it was his own goal. The PA actually gave it to Josh Scowen. Um, got some sort of touch of the of ball inside the box. But really, from a Pompey perspective, Josh, it's it's one of those you really should be clearing your lines because it, it, it almost looked as though it went straight in from the corner. It, it's, it, to be fair, it's criminal defending. And I think it was Luke Leahy that took the corner, I believe. Um, and I, I thought he'd gone directly in. But you look at it and... I tell you what's quite funny is that for a team at the top of the league, we've conceded some laughable goals at home um, in terms of defensive defensively. And I, th- I think the big error with that first goal is whoever is your man on the post or, or the per- also the person in front of that man on the post, one of them has to attack the ball straight away. And we didn't do that. And it just lets the guy get in. But again, I think with Pompey fans under previous management, we go one nil down. You think, oh, here we go, Look, that, that's game, set and match, or we'll be lucky to get a draw out of this completely. But I think there's, not only is there a different mentality on the pitch of Pompey, I think in the crowd as well, there's a completely different mentality that there's a real belief that this set of players has it within them to mm. pull themselves back. And obviously that it's been proven already this season in terms of the amount of times come back. But there's a different mentality in the crowd. With the amount of times we've seen Fratton Park fans jump on the back of players and jump on the back of management when we go 1-0 down. And that, that's not to criticise Pompey fans, but it has always been that way under previous management. But th- this season, it's completely different. And we go 1-0 down and there's a real belief that we can get back and win the game. Yeah. Slow start to the match on Tuesday, Sam, but grew into the game really as, as that first half progressed, despite not finding that, that equalising goal before the break. Would, would that be something you'd you'd really get behind? Did Pompey grow into that, that game in that first half? Um, I think for the first 10 minutes, we, we, we were really, really good. We came out, sort of, we were on the front foot. We, we were sort of um, running at players and sort of using the rings, with, rings the wings really well. That's, that's, not, that's not a nice sentence. <laughs> but um, no, it was, it was really, really good to sort of see the first 10 minutes. But then, as I say, Wickham are a horrible team to play against. And they, like you said earlier on, whether it's game management ship or, or time wasting, um, they're going to take the sting out of the game. And they really, they did that really well. Um, 
and we didn't really have many chances in the first half. I can't think off the top of my head of any clear-cut chances, at least. Um, but yeah, it's, it is an issue sort of going 1-0 down. Like You never want to go 1-0 down, but it's the way you respond to that. And, and I think because we do sit on leads really well, the amount of 2-1s we've had this season, <laughs> it, we don't look like conceding, apart from, as Josh said, if it's, if it's defensive mistakes and things. But yeah, it's, it's sort of we do need to work on going 1-0 down. Yeah. But I thought we started really well until uh, Wickham scored on Tuesday. Linda on the emails has got in touch tonight saying it was not one of our best games on Tuesday but you could not fault the team's commitment to keep going until the end. Probably in past seasons they would have settled for the draw but this team kept going for the win. Wickham came at us and didn't park a bus um, and caused us problems. It is a shame about the injury to Marlon Pack and the bookings on Tuesday will make it difficult for Saturday. Hopefully the players who will come into the team will be able to continue the same way. I think Pompey should have a new song. Arsenal had uh, the song one to the Arsenal perhaps Pompey should be 2-1 to the Portsmouth player Pompey Linda thank you very much uh, for getting in touch this evening and just like Linda there you can have your say on the show tonight too simply text your name and message making express your first word to 81400 email sport at expressfm.com include us within your tweets on there it's at expressfm visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey live or get in touch via the expressfm app available now on iOS and Android. Coming up, we'll continue to pick apart Tuesday's last gasp victory over Wickham, as well as hearing what the man who scored for winner, Connor Shocknessy, made of it all. We're showing it every week. I mean, obviously, we don't want to put ourselves in that position where we have to come back from a goal down, but you know, this team and the whole squad has that fight and that willingness to keep doing the right things and stay positive and keep moving the ball and doing what we know we can do and controlling the game. And we're getting the rewards from it, I think. You know, just sticking at it, we're not losing our heads, and just shows how. How good a squad we've got. That's all to come when the footballer returns after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few moments. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of ten day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Hiya, welcome back to this evening's edition of the Footblow, which is brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. For more information on what they are doing to make their vehicles run more sustainably for the environment, head on over to stagecoachbus.com. You join us here on the Footblow here on Express FM. Myself, Jake Smith, alongside Sam Macy and Josh Sweetman. We are at the moment reviewing Pompey's 2-1 victory over Wickham Wanderers at Fratton Park on Tuesday night. Later on, we're going to hear from uh, Colin Shocknessy, John Bassino as well, previewing the Blues' uh, next League One encounter against Port Vale this weekend. And of course, we're going to go into integrated detail into that match later on as well. But back to Sam and Josh and with the review of Tuesday's game at PO4. Another victory for Pompey, keeping them top of the League One table. And into the second half, um, Josh, we saw Tino Anduring come off uh, in the 56th minute replaced by Christian Sadie. Of course, he had a bit of a cameo last Saturday at where Wigan made an impact there at the DW Stadium, came on on Tuesday against Wickham and, albeit not getting on the score sheet, certainly made another fantastic impact, didn't he? He did. And I think Pompey fans have taken him to their heart straight away. There's 
there's a real excitement when he gets the ball down, he turns the goal. And obviously he's such a powerful lad in terms of backing into people and holding the ball up that it's something that Pompey fans want to see. Reminds me a bit, a bit, a bit of a, with a younger Patrick Adjuman, if you will, um, with his close control. He did lose it a bit, a bit cheaply a few times, but coming into a game, especially against a team like Wickham, it's always going to be tough, but there's always an excitement when he gets the ball. I think, I think the change had to be made. I think with Tino that that you can still see real touches of Premier League class in terms of the way he controls the ball when he moves. He had a great chance, obviously put it what um, put it over. But I just think at the moment he looks he really looks like that guy who hasn't played a lot of football in a long time, and it's going to take another month or two, I think, to really get up to to the speed that everyone else is. But it's great to have an option like Christian Sadie, especially if you need to change the tempo and stop being that sort of pass and control the team that we are and maybe go a bit more direct and play off Colby. In respect to Christian Sadie, as you mentioned there, Josh, given the ball away a couple of times on Tuesday night, do you expect that from a player who who puts himself about as much as Christian Sadie does? Because we've seen him so far this season with that close control, but close quarters play, um, getting past players, really using his strength to his total advantage and he, he has really adorned himself to the Pompey fans do you expect that sometimes he's going to give the ball a, a, away a couple of times and, and that really is just a, a, a product of the just sheer volume of, of retention of that ball that he actually has Oh 100% because I think I think the way you have to look at it is Christian Sadie is, is ultimately a striker and mm. if you look at the position he's playing when he comes on he's playing behind the striker so he's actually dropping into a midfield role so when he takes the ball to feet the first thing he's going to have to do is turn and start pushing towards our goal so naturally when he's dropping deeper it's a bit more technical ultimately you are going to lose the ball a few times because you're in that transition between midfield and, and attack yeah. if he was playing up front then hopefully the ball would stick to him a bit more but I'm fully expecting to lose it a few times so I've got no issue with that but I think he offers us something that we, we haven't had in the last couple of seasons and the the, old, the the amount of times that we've had to rely on playing the ball to Colby and him holding it um, and, and, and unfortunately last season there not being enough people around him when Colby does hold it up it, it's something that we've not had we've now got two players um, Christian can go from that 10 into that, that sort of second nine you've got two players that you can hold the ball put the ball into and hold up and then bring other players in so I've got no issue with him losing it hopefully I think the only thing that's missing from his game is a league goal. And once he gets that chance, I think he'll get a five or six quite quickly. I cannot wait for the day that Christian Sadie scores a league goal. Hopefully it's in front of the Fratton end, Sam, because from what we've seen so far from him, of course, on trial at Pompey at last pre-season, um, wasn't given um, a, a contract by Danny Cowley at the time. Has come back this campaign and, and, and like you know, Josh has just been mentioning there, has been a real fan favourite so far this season. But you can see, can't you, Sam, the amount of passion that he's got really riling up the, the Fratton end or you know the entirety of Fratton Park and be away following uh, when it's an away match Christian Sadie you can just see he either gets this football club to a tee or he's just so passionate about football either way we don't care and I cannot wait for him to get that goal yeah he, he just loses passion doesn't he I think it's even from the first the first game of the season the way he celebrated that uh, Cassini Yangi header at the, at the at the Fratton end against Bristol Rovers mm-hmm. it was you knew from then he was going to be a fan's favourite and I think like you said he wins a tackle he, he gives it large to the Fratton end and it's it, it's just good to see and when you have players like that and I think there's a few of them in the, in, in the team as well players like Regan Paul you can sort of see that they they've come down here and they understand the club and if you can be a fan's favourite in front of the Fratton end then you're always going to be sort of well looked after and, and, and people are going to be calling for you to start but 
I say he's going to give it so large when he scores that first goal. But no, it's, <laughs> he, he's been really, really good. I think that 10 roll suits him down to a T. And I think on Tuesday night, it was, it was, it was a bit weird because I think neither Robertson or Tino Andrew, who was sort of playing in those advanced eight roles, wanted to leave Joe Morrell exposed. Mm-hmm. And I think they both sort of dropped a little bit deep. And then when Sadie did come on, he linked the play a lot better between the midfield and Bishop. Um, and I say that that that's probably because he's more naturally a striker and wants to push a bit more forward, whereas Andrew and, and obviously Robertson are more natural midfielders and, and, and wanted to stay close to Morel. But no, it's really, really, really good to see. And I, I think he, he's got to be the first name on the team sheet for Saturday. Um, and let's hope he gets a goal. Yeah. In respect to Tino Andrin now, Sam, um, the, the player that Christian Sadie came on to replace at Fratton Park on Tuesday night, speaking to John Massini on Monday um, prior to the press conference, just talking about the, the, the fact that Tino Andrin maybe, you know, to, to get up to speed and, and really get into the same rhythm that the rest of the team are in, all he needs is game time. And the only time he's going to get games is, is if he's starting and actually brings himself up to speed. Unfortunately, you know, we are um, sort of right in the middle of the campaign now. There's no pre-season friendlies to necessarily warm him up. But do you think, Sam, that Tino Andrin just needs a couple of more opportunities to be able to really prove that he can get up to that, that, that right speed with the rest of the team? Because as I think you mentioned earlier, he, he's, he's definitely showing that, that glimpse of Premier League quality. I think Josh mentioned it actually, but you know, he's only going to get that with game time, right? Yeah, 100%. I think he, you look at the pedigree he's got, obviously playing in Europe, he's played in the league above Huddersfield last season and, and, and he did well there. Um, I think the games are going to come thick and fast now as well. There's going to be Saturday, Tuesday, I think we've got the uh, the pizza trophy, obviously, that we're going to be playing in that um, yeah. over the next few weeks. I think the FA Cup first round and hopefully the second round, I think we're going to heavily rotate for those games as well. And it will come with time. And, and like you said, the rest of the squad obviously had pre-season, obviously went away to Spain. Um and, and and he's not had that. Obviously, he he had a sort of a niggle through um, through preseason, and that sort of affected his decision of where he wanted to go. And it got over the line sort of a week or two into the season, and that's obviously going to affect someone. So if you think about it like that, he's probably a month or two behind the rest of the squad, yeah. and he will be up to speed. And and thankfully, we do have him on loan for the whole season. And once he gets up to speed, I think he he'll, he'll be excellent. Um, it's another option to have, but I say for the time being, I think it's just about patience because you can see there's a player in there, and I think. On the ball, there was a few glimpses. I think that chance he had, he played a really, really nice one too, but just unfortunately sort of sent, sent the ball into the front end when he took the final shot. But yeah, there, there is definitely a player in there. And if you sort of look at him and Alex Robertson, and you can see that they, they've they come from Premier League academies because they use quality at this level. And if you can get him up to, sp- up to speed quickly, it's going to be one hell of a headache in, in, for that 10 position between him, Robertson and Sadie. Yeah. Uh, on to the uh, second and third goals now then, Josh. Um, 58th minute, Pompey equalised through Colby Bishop. Hope the ball home uh, after some really great work on the left-hand side from Abu Kamara just by the end, just about keeping it in play on the goal line after receiving a very quick throw-in on that left-hand side, finding Colby Bishop, he poked it home. And the, the real intensity there, Josh, from, from Abu Kamara to keep that ball into play, the, the smart kind of play to take it round the defender as well before teeing off Colby Bishop in the, the perfect situation for him to put the ball home really emphasises and continues to show the kind of season Abu Kamara is having It does I mean if I was Matt Bloomfield I would be absolutely spitting feathers at my defenders because there is that has got to be one of the worst goals I've seen a team concede in a long time in terms of just a simple throw over his head and Kamara's straight in it's very clever from Abu Kamara but it's just dreadful defending, but he does really well, keeps it in, and it's a great. It's it's one of those crosses that Bishop would be. It's bread and butter for Bishop, isn't it? Um, but I think I think Camera struggled in the first half. I think there was plenty of times where he could have gone gone at his man, um, and he's actually he's, he's cut back and then given Sparks a chance to cross. I think if he trusted himself a bit more, uh, I don't. I think 
he could beat the man down the end and get the ball in himself. And I think if he'd been a little bit more direct, then it, it would have suited him first half. But the second half, he was completely different played, grew into the game. And I think I, I read something on Twitter the other day and I couldn't agree with it more. I think for Pompey fans, Abu Kamaka, sorry, I can't even get his name right. <laughs> I think he's so much more advanced in terms of where we thought he'd be when coming in as a sort of like Premier League Championship um, academy player. I thought he'd probably be on the bench and he'd contribute a little five, ten minutes off. But mm. I think he's so much more advanced than where we thought he'd be. And in fact, actually, he's keeping a, an international player like Gavin White out of the team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think he's been brilliant this season. I thought the second half, he was fantastic. And I, and I think technically he's one of our better players. Mm. I'm going to come and talk about the third goal of the match in midweek. The, of course, the 98th minute winner uh, from Connor Shocknessy. And we're going to discuss that goal in greater detail and what it means, of course, to Pompey in just a few moments' time. We'll get more thoughts from Josh and Sam alike. But first, let's hear from the match winner himself. Connor Shocknessy spoke to Max Swatton after the full time whistle. Well, Connor, I don't know where to start. Have you calmed down yet? No. <laughs> Not really. Uh, great feeling. Great win all around. I think it's a good performance from everyone out there today and what a way to win it I suppose at the right at the death and can't beat that feeling so I think it's a good performance all around and just hopefully we can keep it up and bring it into Saturday. Extra special after a dubious goal got someone off you last Saturday? <laughs> yeah exactly I said, I said to the lads I'm going to just have to get my own tonight so uh, you know thankfully thankfully it happened in the, in the last few minutes. It's all probably a, still a blur to you but just talk us through what you remember from your goal. Yeah, um, to be honest, I think the, the guy who was marking me won every header against me up until then, and I thought I'll change my run instead of going across the front. I'd just drift into the middle behind them and just throw myself at it. And yeah, thankfully it's come off come off my head before the keeper got to it. And here we are. And how did it feel to celebrate in front of the fans in the, in the 98th minute? <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't know what to do. Just pure passion and. Uh, yeah, unbelievable feeling, and I think that there's nothing like it. It's obviously disappointing to go behind again, but what does it say about the team being able to, to fight back like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we're showing it every week. I mean, obviously, we don't want to put ourselves in that position where we have to come back from a goal down, but, you know, this team and the whole squad has that, has that fight and that, you know, willingness to keep doing the right things and stay positive and, you know, keep moving the ball and doing what we know we can do and controlling the game. and. We're getting we're getting the rewards from it. I think you know, just sticking at it. We're not losing our heads, and just shows um, how good a squad we've got. We were behind at the break. So what did John say at half time to sort of rally you all together? Yeah, again, it was just about staying positive, staying together, um, keep doing what we know we're good at. Um, I thought we actually had quite a decent first half, apart from what we knew they were going to. They play a lot of long balls, a lot of direct balls, and play for their set pieces and. I think maybe they're, I'll have to watch it back, but I think they were probably a bit fortunate with the goal at the front post. It's something that we should have dealt with better. But um, yeah, at half time, it was just keep doing what we're doing. We know that they'll get more tired. We'll, we'll have a lot more of the ball as the game goes on, and we know we, we could break them down. And I think we were pretty relentless out there. On the game as a whole, how did you find it playing out there? Yeah, brilliant. Um, thought we, I thought it was a good performance all round, I think. Not everybody out there did uh, did their jobs and obviously come away with three points, so, yeah, brilliant. What's the mood in the dressing room like after that one? I'm imagining you're all pretty buzzing. Yeah, everyone's buzzing. Um, 
unbelievable feeling. We had the whole squad in there, players and staff, and there's a real togetherness about us um, at the minute, and everybody's in it for the for the same thing, you know, whether you're whether you're playing, whether you're on the bench, or whether you're not in the squad, everybody's fighting for the same cause. So it's a really good group at the minute. Yeah. How did you find the atmosphere here tonight? Oh, brilliant! Fans stuck with us again, like they do every week. When, when you know, at times we're we're going a goal behind, they're they're sticking with us, and it, it makes a massive difference and gives us a lift. We know that they're going to push us on right into the you know 90 plus five minutes, whatever, and uh, we know that we have their back in all the way and it just really gives us that extra bit towards the end there we go then the post-match thoughts from Tuesday night with Connor Shocknessy the goal scorer of the winning goal at Thratton Park against Wickham Wanderers keeping Pompey's place at the top of League One um, Sam coming on to, to talk about that goal then we've mentioned earlier Michelle about the persistency and the, the, the fight within this team to just keep playing right until the very very end of the game Describe to me your feelings as Connor Shocknessy's header hit the back of the net because I don't think anyone inside Fratton Park or those remaining at least um, could could really keep their cool. That was um, that was that was you know really right of a death, wasn't it? No, that, that's it. It was it was it couldn't be any later if we tried. Um, I think there was I think that we we had a corner just before which which we, which we won the corner off where I think Bishop sort of went up with his marker and it just went onto the roof of the net and I was like oh that's the end of that then I think it's, it's a decent point but then. Ball comes in. I think Shocknessy goes up, and it's like, where's that going to go? And, and thankfully, he just got there ahead of the keeper. I thought I thought the Wickham keeper was 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 poor all evening. To be honest with you, there was a lot of balls like that where he sort of flapped at them, and it sort of stayed true. And he he sort of gave gifted us that goal almost. I think I've seen a lot of people on on, on Twitter sort of saying that it's a foul on the keeper, but I, th- I think the keeper's got to be a lot better there. Um, you're coming out with your hands, and you're beaten by by someone who's who's gone up for it. You, you got to do a lot better, yeah. um, and I think I'm, I'm really happy for Connor Shocknessy. I think you could see that he wanted that goal last weekend against Wigan on the replays. <laughs> um, Stephen still, still Regan, uh, Regan Paul yeah. stealing off him, but he, he he's been he's been so good this year. I think he's probably been our most underrated player um, since he's come in. He's, he's not looked back. I think obviously fourth choice coming into the season took his chance, and, he, and he's been brilliant um, coming in. He, he's, he's, he almost reminds me of, of Sean Ragger, but a lot more comfortable with the ball of his feet. I think he's going to win everything in the air, but then he can always play out. And, and him and Regan Paul is, is such a good centre-half partnership. And, and that, that's, down, that, that's, that's, that's part of the reason we've had such a good defensive record. Interesting you mentioned as well there, um, Sam, um, Connor Shocknessy with that goal, the header towering above the goalkeeper strike. Um, it is interesting because how often would we see the referee give that as a goal as, as a free kick sorry in favor of the goalkeeper you mentioned there not much contact and don't get me wrong i agree but from what we've seen from officiating down the years quite often you see that still giving us a free kick so pleasantly surprised that wasn't yeah it's sort of one of those things isn't it where you're you're looking at it and 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 then once once the uh once he goes up for the header you you, you sort of like when's he going to blow up and he never did thankfully Fran Park erupted and then it's sort of a bit too late for uh, for the ref to blow the whistle at that point. Yeah. And Josh, um, just sort of highlighting the way that Wickham had gone about the, the sort of hour prior um, to, to Pompey sticking that ball into the back of the net to win that game on Tuesday night. Um, someone mentioned it within a, a text earlier in the show. It wasn't a typical Wickham sort of part the bus and, and, and time waste as much as they have done damn years, but there was a bit of game management in that match on Tuesday night. You can't really shy away from that, Josh. And, and Wickham, you could see they were trying to slow the game down. They were happy with the point. But as soon as Pompey 
nicked that goal in the 98th minute. The urgency was as if, you know, that they needed something to, to, to survive in the division, but suddenly they were full of life. Yeah, so as you said, I think we've come to expect Wickham to just slow everything down under Ainsworth. I thought you, you can clearly see that they're trying to come away from the football team. They were under Ainsworth. They do try and play it a bit more. Um, I actually thought their best bit of game management was one nil early. After about 15 minutes in the second half, they, they they didn't try and mark Rafferty at all out wide. And we had so much space down the right and they eventually changed it and they sort of pinned Rafferty and Sparks back a bit. I thought that was actually their best game management. Obviously, we then went on to score twice, which actually helped us. But yeah, it's, it's not... It's, at the end of the day, they cost them. They cost themselves a point by by slowing things down, wasting time. Because if they don't do that, then eight minutes isn't added on. Yeah. I know there's a few stoppages, the sort of head injury to Richard Keogh from the most unbelievably weird yellow card Robertson will probably get given because I never thought <laughs> oh, it was a, yeah. he had every right to go for it. It was never a yellow card in a million years. But they cost themselves a point. If they don't waste time, then there's probably six minutes added on at most. And that 98th minute goal doesn't go in. Hmm. Yep, cheers, Josh. Right, it is time now for a quick brief now. We've got tomorrow's League One meeting with Port Vale to preview in the third and final part of tonight's show, during which we'll also hear from John Musino, who talks about his approach to replace the suspended duo of Regan Paul and Alex Robertson. You have to have plenty of players ready to come in and, and take places of, of those lads who've suffered, and that's what we've got this weekend. We've got the squad in place. I think everybody's in a decent enough spot in terms of fitness. Everybody's had at least three starts this season with the Cup games, and very, very pleasing that when we look at the team and we look at the options for the weekend we don't feel that we're significantly weakened full pre-match thoughts from the Blues head coach to come as well as a preview of tomorrow's encounter with Port Vale with myself Sam and Josh when the footballer reaches its conclusion after a short break this is the football hour on Express FM the world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to 93.7 Express FM. Well, right now, you're listening to the Football Hour, sponsored by longtime supporters Stagecoach South, whose app you can download from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest stop and view up-to-date timetable information. Okay, before we do move any further on, I think it's uh, absolutely necessary to uh, send our our love and our best wishes to the friends and family of uh, long-term Pompey fan Pete Blackman, who uh, earlier today we found out via social media um, has sadly passed away. Pete was uh, involved with the club's 125th anniversary campaign this season, supporting the curation of a photography exhibition and, of course, was a much-loved Pompey uh, member of the family. Um, the, the statement here from Ports of SC reads uh, our thoughts, of course, with Pete's family and friends. So, yes, um, a very, very sad news coming in today. Long-term supporter Pete Blackman, um, who's uh, a, a massive presence on social media as well. I'm sure you remember. Um, if you if you do have Twitter as well, some fantastic photography has been taken by Pete down the years um, of, of Fratton Park and, and, and just Pompey in general. So, um, yeah, really desperately sad news coming in today. And the thoughts of everyone here at Express FM are with Pete's friends and family at this very, very sad time. 
Okay, well, we have reached the part of the show where Pompey's next opponents are put under the spotlight. And here this evening to provide us with the key facts and figures powering Port Vale this season, Kirsty Roxanne. Pompey remained top of Skybet League One after yet another comeback on Tuesday night saw John Massinho's side beat Wickham 2-1 at Fratton Park. Match day number 12 is already here, and this time it's Port Vale, the visitors to PO4. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues retained their one-point lead over Oxford United at the summit of the third division following that dramatic clash with the Chairboys in midweek, a result which also saw the club's unbeaten league run extend to 22 games. Next up is the Valiants, who pose a risk to that proud achievement. Here's more on the side who hail from Burlesque. Manager. There's been another change in the dugout at Vale Park. 50-year-old Andy Crosby took over the reins in the dugout on a permanent basis on May the 12th, after a month in charge on an interim basis following the sacking of Darrell Clark. Crosby managed one win from the club's final four league matches and soon expressed his interest in continuing in the role, much to his delight and opinion shared by the board. He had previously helped out as a caretaker manager of the Northern Ireland under-21s, but this position at Port Vale serves as Crosby's first proper managerial act. One to watch. Ex Cambridge United and Wickham forward Uche Ikpikatsu is highlighted as a player to keep a close eye on this weekend. That's because the 21-year-old only signed for the club as recently as Wednesday afternoon of this week, so he'll be undoubtedly keen to hit the ground running for his new side, should of course he feature. With his dominating presence up top, emphasised by the threat of his height and strength when drawing battle with opposing defenders, Ikpiatsu is expected to once again prove to be quite the handful for League One defenders upon his return to English football. The striker had spent last season at Turkish Super League side Konyaspor, where he managed 15 appearances but failed to score even once. Ikpiatsu returned to Port Vale after eight years away. He had spent time on loan at the club in 2015 from parent side Watford and scored five goals from 21 competitive appearances before returning to Vicarage Road. Top scorer. With four league goals to his name at this stage of the season, Liverpudlian Ben Gritty is Port Vale's current leading scorer. The 26-year-old operates in midfield and scored all three of those league goals in consecutive matches between the 16th and 23rd of September bagging against Northampton Down, Burton Albion and Cambridge. He also managed to find the back of the net in Vale's previous Papa John's Trophy game before that run, in a 1-0 group stage win against Crew Alexandra on home soil. For the Valiants, Garitti wears the number eight shirt. Current form. Having lost their last two league games on the bounce, Port Vale has slipped down to eighth in the table. Tuesday night's 3-0 defeat away at Bristol Rovers came after a 1-0 home loss at the hands of Bolton Wanderers last Saturday. Prior to those two results, Andy Crosby's side has started the new League One campaign by occurring 17 points from their opening nine matches and even sat at the top of the division at one stage. The admirable run came immediately after a horrific start to the season where they lost heavily by seven goals to nil away at Barnsley on the opening day. Can the Blues retain top spot in League One for a further week and extend this mammoth unbeaten run to 23 league games? All of the missable action on Pompey Live. Yeah, thank you, Kirsty, giving us more of an insight into Andy Crosby's Port Vale side, who currently sit eighth in League One after 11 games played. Right, time now to bring back Sam and Josh into the conversation this evening. Just over 10 minutes to go, Pompey fans. If you'd like to have your say tonight, 81400 number text, start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. You should know all of them by now. Um, 
Sam, going into tomorrow's game with Port Vale, then we saw on Tuesday night, and, and somebody referenced it earlier in the show, Alex Robertson picking up a yellow card. That was his fifth of this league campaign already. That means he has a one-game suspension, as does Regan Paul, also booked in midweek. He now has five uh, league yellows to his name this campaign. So both Regan Paul and Alex Robertson missing this weekend. Sam, who do you think replaces both of those? Um, so I think that I, I think that Ben Stevenson probably would have come in anyway, as he's sort of like the like for like Marlon Pack replacement, and uh, it can sort of free up Joe Morrell to be a bit more advanced. So I think he'd probably come in as the six, but I can also possibly see uh, Terry Devlin coming in uh, to offer something a bit more box to box and leave Joe Morrell at the, at the base of the midfield. But then I think it depends who starts up front for Paul Vellas, who what I'd base the selection off. I think. You've got obviously Riley Towler who can come in, and I think that he he's probably adds a bit of pace to the back line in the absence of Paul. But then I say if Uche Piazzu plays, obviously signed again this week, we know sort of mm-hmm. from down the years when he's come to Fran Park playing for especially for Wickham, how sort of big of a presence he could be. And I think if you put someone like Sean Raggett on him, then that that sort of is a matchup which everyone's going to be wanting to see because I think Aerily Sean Raggett's probably the best defender in in, in League One, um, but. I think it, it all depends on the Port Vale team, but yeah. if it was me, I think I think I'd go Sean Raggett purely just for the fact that uh, that he's going to win everything in the air, and it's sort of it, it's they have to play through us, and and if they play through us, then I think we the fullbacks can sort of help in terms of getting back with pace. But yeah. I'd probably go Stevenson and Sean Raggett. I think very likely in midfield as well. Joe Morrell taking the captaincy again with the absence of Marlon Pack confirmed by Pompey earlier this week that he'll be out between four to six weeks after ankle ligament damage suffered last weekend against Wigan Athletic. So potentially tomorrow could see Christian Sadie in that number 10 role. Joe Morrell alongside either Ben Stevenson or Terry Devlin, of course, will have all of the news on that as soon as Pompey Live returns tomorrow afternoon from two o'clock. Uh, Mike and Havens on the text got involved. Paul Cook always says that the Fratton Park crowd is a disadvantage because they can turn again the team, but if you watch this current group of players, they're always gesturing to the crowd for more noise, which keeps the fans on side and involved. Players, fans and managers all pulling in the same direction can only lead to promotion, says um, Mike and Haven't on the text then. Right, it is now time to hear from the gaffer. I caught up with John Musino at the Blues training facility yesterday afternoon to gather his thoughts ahead of tomorrow's game. John, another win and another comeback on Tuesday night. First of all, talk us through your feelings as Conor Shocknessy's header hit the back of the net. Yeah, um, I was delighted, but it only lasted for about two or three seconds because I, th- I thought, I don't know if you saw, thought, turn around and get the substitute on and, and get rags ready just because Wickham was such a good physical threat from set pieces, obviously, as we saw. And I'd, I'd spoken to John and Zesh about a couple of different permutations about what we do if we did score. Um, we didn't, we, not trying not being arrogant, but we, we didn't think there was a huge amount of goal threat going the other end, so we hadn't prepped anything um, in case that happened. But we thought that if we score, we're going to get rags on, put Connor Shaughnessy into the middle of the park, even if it's late on. Um, don't want to take any risks. Robert was on a booking as well. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was, you know, it was real joy for a very short amount of time and uh, to be honest I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the game afterwards I really enjoyed uh, I think I said at the time really enjoyed walking around Fratton Park and, and the atmosphere and, and just everything that came with that Now we all knew Wickham were going to be a tough side to get through and pick up a result from how key was the introduction of Christian Sadie in that second half? Yeah I mean I thought Christian lifted the place and he he naturally does some things very well that, that really do help us in terms of um, I, th- I think in terms of just picking the game up, I, I actually thought uh, Tino was was excellent. Having watched it back as well, I thought he, he did some some really good things in the first half. The first half was just a lot tighter than the second half naturally as well. 
the way we can press, they, they pressed high, they pressed with a lot of energy and, and they think faded off and the game was perfect for Christian to come in and, um, and do what he did. So uh, he's obviously, I think, uh, a real um, or developing into a bit of a cult hero uh, at Fratton Park and, and it's not without justification because of the performances he's putting in. So really, really pleasing to have him back and have an effect in the side. Port Vale next up this weekend. How stirred a test do you expect from this one? They've dropped off a little bit over the last few games, but nonetheless have started the season off pretty well. Yeah, excellent start to the season. I think if you take away the the first game, they've been um, one of the better sides in the league. And uh, even even though a couple of results have dropped off recently, uh, we watched them last um, last night when they played. Well, we watched them the other day when they played against Bristol Rovers, and uh, I thought they were the better team for the first half until they had the man sent off. So uh, they are a very very different team to what we saw last year. Um, they've recruited really well. They've got an excellent structure, difficult to play against, and um, you know they play some good football as well. So we have got a tough test. Can coming up against sides with smaller budgets and you know less expectations sometimes prove to be more difficult than games against the bigger sides in the division who maybe you'd expect to be fighting at the top end of the table? You know, I think each game each game changes. It's much more about playing style and, and teams that um, maybe come at us and, and give us a bit more to, to go at. Uh, Peterborough was a really good example, I think, of that where you had two sides who had a lot of attacking intent and wanted to go at each other and ultimately lead themselves... Um, with a bit more uh, leeway, I think, to be exposed at the back. And some other sides, Cheltenham was a very good example. Cheltenham was just really, really difficult to break down. I, I actually don't necessarily expect that from, from Port Vale. Um, I, you know, I think from, from what we've seen, they, um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen, but they might come and press us and, and be quite attacking. So I think it should be a good game. So both Regan Paul and Alex Robertson set to miss this next game after they both collected their fifth yellow cards of a league campaign in midweek. A setback without a doubt, but in the same vein, does this maybe give you a chance to allow other players the opportunity to come in and prove what they have to offer? Yeah, and that's what it's all about at the moment, making sure that we have a squad that's capable of, of competing over 46 league games. And in, in those 46 league games, you take injuries, suspensions, drops in form. You have to have... You know, plenty of players ready to come in and and, um, and take places of, of those lads who have who've suffered and, uh, and yeah, that's um, that's what we've got this weekend. We've we've got the the squad in place. I think everybody's in a decent enough spot in terms of fitness. Everybody's had at least three starts this season with the cup games, and you know, very very um, you know, pleasing that when we look at the team and we look at the options for the weekend, we we don't feel that we're significantly weakened. And finally, as far as injuries are concerned, Anthony Scully, we know, had his op on Tuesday. Marlon Pack was touch and go for the last game. What's the latest on those two, as well as, of course, Tom Lowry? Anthony's surgery went went well. Uh, I think we're, we're still looking at sort of eight to ten weeks before, before he's back out, which is as expected um, with, with a meniscus injury. Um, Tom Lowry is, is back out on the grass again he's progressing really nicely we're still a few weeks away from seeing him back in full training and uh, Marlon had a scan on Monday uh, as I think we feared on Monday evening it's, it's not great news um, sort of ankle ligament damage so we're, we're probably looking at about four to six weeks for Marlon The pre-match thoughts of head coach John Musinho there then right a couple more interactions from social media Dave Burnham emails good evening Jake I see tomorrow's match as the most serious test of a squad so far with Pack, Paul and Robertson out through suspension and few injuries we're stretched and uh, as we have been so far this season however a win would tick another box in the list of credentials required by a side that eventually win promotion a narrow win and a vital three points tomorrow going for a 2-1 victory play at Pompey thank you very much Dave for getting in touch via the email
emails there and uh, one more text here from Stefan Zlitsky uh, all the way from the United States of America saying he's uh, in a very warm place but Pompey are much much hotter as things stand thank you very much Stefan for getting in touch this evening right score prediction time now then ahead of Pompey's game against Port Vale at PO4 tomorrow Baz on Facebook says 1-0 Pompey Rachel's going for a 2-0 Blues win and Steve reckons 3-1 in favour of Pompey but what about two guests on tonight's show I think Sam your score prediction please my friend uh, I think it's going to be another close game. I'll go 1-0 Pompey. Sam, thank you very much. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I think Sam's right. I think close game. I'm a bit worried that th- probably our three best foot- footballing footballers are out, <laughs> suspended an injury. But I'm going to I'm going to go with a tight 2-1 Blues win, I think. Excellent stuff, chaps. And I'm going to go for a 2-0 Pompey win for this one. And uh, also news from John Messino speaking to our good friends at the Portsmouth News uh, earlier this week. Cassini Yengi available for selection for tomorrow's visit to Port Vale to Fratton Park. Something to whet the appetite, Pompey fans, as we conclude tonight's edition of the Footblower. Right, don't worry, Pompey fans, there is more football on offer just around the corner. The Blues host Port Vale at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon for match day number 12 of this Skybet League One season. Pompey, of course, remain top of the tree and they'll be looking to stay there. Pompey Live will be returning from 2 o'clock to bring you all of the unmissable action live from Fratton Park. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey just do not know when they're beaten. They can't do it again, can they? Next up at Fratton Park, the Blues welcome Port Vale in League One. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yep, that's right. Pompey Live returns tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. It's a 3 o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park as Pompey host Port Vale in match day number 12 of this League One campaign. Anything but a defeat for the Blues would take them to 12 league games unbeaten this season and stretching back all the way to March towards the tail end of last season overall would take it to 23 league games unbeaten that is half a season so fingers crossed Pompey can keep that record up tomorrow tough test await them at Fratton Park though Port Vale making the journey down all of the unmissable action on Pompey Live from 2 o'clock it's not just the men in action this weekend the Pompey women returning to league action last time out they were in National League Cup action defeating Mullyfields by 7 goals to 1 at Fareham Town's Cam Olders. Uh, this weekend they take on Bitteriki Town at Wesley Park in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division, looking to retain their incredible start to the league campaign. Right, coming up here on Express FM this evening, we've got a great lineup of new shows and returning shows as well on this Friday night. School Days with Steve Randall from 7 through till 9 and Hip Shaker through till 9 to 11 o'clock this evening. The place to be for a groovy blend of retro soul, R&B and beat. But until next time, Pompey fans, thank you very very much for listening to the Football Hour. It's been a pleasure. Take care, have a great weekend, and play out Pompey. Good night.